it really is why I'm able to take a hit and just keep on moving and still be very productive and successful that day. And it's in this very intentional dissection of how to get better at handling adversity that really has become one of my superpowers. And I want it to be one of your superpowers too. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another mini episode of For the Love of Money, episodes that I like to call my two cents. And today I'm going to help you handle tough moments. I'm going to help you guys get through adversity way better than you are right now. So a lot of times people will DM me on Instagram. By the way, I love your DMs. Go ahead and DM me at Chris W. Harder on Instagram. But a lot of people DM me and ask me, what should I do when this bad thing happened? Or how should I react when these bad things happen? A lot of negativity and fear-based questions, which are very real, by the way. That's not a judgment. It's just kind of setting up the picture as to why we're talking about this today. How do you react? How long does it keep you down? What does it cost you in time, in energy, in production, in whatever, when these tough moments happen? Because listen, they're going to happen. They're inevitable if you want to be in business and you want to create an epic life. And even more, you ready for this? When you become more and more successful, that means that you're going to have more and more moving parts and more and more customers. And that invites more chances for adversity, more chances for tough situations to pop up during your day. Now, is it worth it dealing with all these? Heck yes, especially if you know how to handle these situations as they come up. And that's exactly what I'm going to teach you today. Now, I have to start by kind of qualifying why I feel like I can teach on this a little bit. You see, my wife, Lori, whenever something bad happens that creates a challenge for us, I'll just kind of deal with it in my way. And she'll always say something to me like, how do you handle it like this? How do you move on so quickly? How are you over it already? Or something to that nature. In other words, How do I handle it like it's no big deal? And how do I not get all emotionally blown up over this thing? How does it not crumble my day? And it really is because I've learned how to handle adversity when it comes up in life, when it shows up in life, thanks to all the different types of adversity that I've had to learn and go through in my 41 years on this earth. And now here's the catch. Everybody, including you, has had plenty of adversity to learn from. Many of you have had far more than me. But the difference between you and I, or Lori and I, is this. I've dissected it and taught myself two things. Number one, how I can handle it better. And number two, how I can learn or gain from the event that everybody else is getting torn apart over. How can I handle it better? And how can I learn or gain from this? And by teaching myself those two things... It really is why I'm able to take a hit and just keep on moving and still be very productive and successful that day. And it's in this very intentional dissection of how to get better at handling adversity 
that really has become one of my superpowers, and I want it to be one of your superpowers too. Now, before I get started with this entire lesson, it's important to acknowledge that some people just are naturally better at letting things roll off their back than others. But that's not an excuse. You don't get to use that as an excuse. Oh, I have a temper. Guess what? I used to have the craziest temper on the planet. Or, oh, it's just the way I am. Yeah, that's not an excuse either. Because everyone can learn not to let adversity keep them down as much as it does. Another excuse I hear a lot of times is, oh, I'm an empath. I feel it more. Uh Uh-uh, not an excuse. Everyone can learn to become a bit of a ninja when handling rejection or a challenge if they want to. And if you want to, then that's my goal with you. So here we go. Number one, it starts with perspective. In other words, keep it in perspective. I mean, remember, it's just a moment. It's not a whole day. There's this great meme going around on Instagram that says, did you have a bad day or did you just have a bad five minutes? Like, isn't that the truth? I love this because it is true. Something happens, let's say, I don't know, at 10 a.m. And here we are driving home at 5 p.m. to tell our family just how bad of a day we had. I know for sure that if we did an accurate accounting of your day, if we're really good at counting your blessings and putting things into perspective, then you'd be able to look at your day as a whole sum of parts, a few rough ones, and a hundred good or neutral ones. And then you'd quickly realize that you didn't have an entirely bad day after all. You had a bad moment or two or three. So perspective is really powerful. Next is interpretation. Similar to perspective, but very different. We interpret things. Or in other words, we add meaning to things. But the meaning that we add to things isn't always accurate. I mean, who are we to predict if something is going to end up working for us or against us just by taking one little snapshot of how it feels in a moment. And this is where people get all sorts of bent up. They take a snapshot of something that is just happening in the moment and they create this great, big, horrible meaning and outcome around it. There's an incredible old Buddhist story that goes something like this. There's an old farmer who has worked his crops for many years. And one day, he had a horse that ran away. And upon hearing the news, his neighbors came over and said, Oh, such bad luck. I'm so sorry that your horse ran away. And the farmer looked at them and just said, Perhaps. Perhaps. Then the next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. So then these same neighbors come over like, oh, how wonderful. You know, I can't believe you got three brand new horses and that your, your, your horse that ran away brought them back. You're so lucky. And again, the farmer looks at him and says, perhaps. The following day, the farmer's son tries to ride one of these wild, untamed horses that was brought back. And he was thrown from the horse and he broke his leg. And the neighbors came over, all distraught. They wanted to offer their sympathy on on this horrible misfortune. And they said, oh gosh, your poor son. This is such a bad thing that he broke his legs. And the farmer looked at him and said, perhaps. Because the day after that, 
military officials came to the village, going village by village, to draft young men into the army, into the war. And seeing that the farmer's son was, uh, had a broken leg, they passed him by. And here the neighbors come marching over, congratulating the farmer on how well things turned out. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky, you're so fortunate. And the farmer looked at him and said, perhaps. So what's the point to this fable? I love this fable, right? Because it's the ultimate exercise in not applying meaning in that moment to an event that happens. Because the point is this, no matter how bad an event feels in the moment, you don't really know if it's a bad thing or a good thing until the future plays out. And so that brings me to my next lesson, my third one. And it is this. Find, literally seek where it benefits you. Ask yourself, what could be the positive side of this happening? It might feel like garbage in a moment, but ask yourself, what is the positive side of this happening? Because there always is one. Matter of fact, I have a tattoo that runs down the inside of my arm and it says, live as though the universe conspires in your favor. Because that's how I choose to handle every little thing that comes into my day. Live as though the universe is conspiring in your favor. Listen, if you're going to be a meaning-making machine anyways, and that's what we are, by the way, we're just a whole bunch of meaning-making machines running around applying meaning to everything, then why not make it one that empowers you? Because as humans, as a bunch of meaning-making machines, we make up meaning to everything. When in fact, nothing really is inherently good or bad. Instead, it's just the meaning that we apply to it of good or bad in our eyes in that moment. You know, someone falls out of one of your programs. Fine. They're making room for an even better fit or maybe someone who's going to pay a higher price this time. Or you lose all your money. You go bankrupt. Fine. There's lessons in there to make you better. It creates a clearing to choose again. And once again, you get to operate from urgency while you make your comeback. Or somebody in your family gets seriously ill or fatally ill. Now, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. But if this is the case, then perhaps it's there to make you closer to them in the time that you have left. Or to force you to create some more memories with them. Because you got the wake-up call that life is precious. Or maybe it's time to repair some damage that you have done with them in the time that you have left. You can find the positive in anything if you're willing to look for it. If you're willing to believe that the universe conspires in your favor. And last but not least, my final tip is this. Make it transactional. Make it transactional. Don't take everything so personal. It's not the universe testing you. It's not God testing you. It's, it's not some grand conspiracy working against it. You're not unlucky. It's just life and the meaning you apply to it, guys. It's just a transaction. It's a part of doing business. It's a small blip in a series of moments that we apply good or bad meaning to. So keep it transactional. You know, we have this tendency to make things way too significant. I mean, way too significant when they happen. And do you want to know why we make everything too significant? Because 
In addition to being meaning-making machines, we are also significance-seeking machines. It's like a drug for us humans. It gets us attention. Even bad attention is still attention. When we're having a bad day or a bad moment, and people rush in to solve it for us, rush in to make it okay, that's significance. It's a twisted up way to seek love and attention from people. And listen, no judgment. We all do it. I've done it. But we need to stop and keep it transactional. Stop making events that happen in business or in life so damn personal. Oh, they must not like me. Oh, my product doesn't work. I knew it. Oh, they're going to tell everybody bad things about my business. Or whatever fear that you create out of making a very transactional event something personal. Events don't have feelings. People do. And that's okay. But you need to separate your human feelings from the events that will occur over and over again in your cycle of business or you're not going to get anywhere. Customers will come and go. You'll have ups and downs, wins and losses. Stop making them significant and start seeing them as transactional. And you will quickly find that you can handle tough moments. You can handle adversity like a champ and move right on, on to the next thing, bigger and better. And when you can harness this superpower, that's when good people make good money and do great things. And listen, before you go, I as a significance-seeking human, want to play a significant role in your ability to make good money and then do great things. And that's why I built my course, The Money Principles. And that's why I priced it so that those who need it can actually afford it. And that's why I give all of my listeners only $50 off what is already the best deal in the entire money e-course world. And so if you want to go check out the money principles and once and for all, fix your relationship with money, stop having fear around money, gain empowerment around money, stop running away from money, stop putting your head in the sand when it comes to your bills, stop struggling in your relationships when it comes to money, I want you to go right now to thetruthaboutmoney.com. I mean, literally hang up, rush over to thetruthaboutmoney.com and I want you to use the coupon code money, M-O-N-E-Y to get $50 off as a thank you for listening. But dang it, This is one of the ways that I want to play a significant role in your ability to make good money and do great things. And I can only do that if you put yourself through this course. So head over there, thetruthaboutmoney.com. Use the coupon code money to get $50 off. And I can't wait to get your feedback on the course. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.